This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This episode of Serial is made possible by Goldline. Read their important risk information and find out if gold or silver is right for you. Call them like I did years ago, 877-370-COIN, or go to goldline.com. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network. It is difficult to quantify the impact of the 912 project, although there are definite tangibles. The movement produced the Black Robe Regiment, pastors and ministers all over the nation banding together to strengthen America's pulpits. Because of the involvement from 912 Project and the Tea Party, several great candidates were elected to Congress and Common Core was stopped in several states. Those were just a few of the fruits of what can happen when Americans get together and surround them. But at the very beginning, Glenn Beck was unsure of exactly how to begin and what direction to take after the initial call from Ed in New Haven that sparked it all. I didn't know what I was going to do with Ed's call uh, at first. I, I knew that there was a, um, I knew this feeling was growing in America because I was feeling it. Everybody was. But I didn't know how to fix it. And we needed to find a way to show people that they weren't alone um, because that was the first step in in healing and fixing things knowing that healing did indeed have to occur but being confused as to exactly what shape that healing would take he needed some time to reflect and consider the options after spending some time in thought because at that time i was against the tea party santelli had just done his thing on cnbc we're thinking of having a Chicago Tea Party in July. All you capitalists that want to show up to Lake Michigan, I'm going to start organizing. With all of the emotion and capitalist ideals being promoted by Rick Santelli, why did Glenn initially oppose the Tea Party? So he calls for a Tea Party, and I thought it was wrong because at the time he was talking about taxes. And what I felt the country was feeling was not about taxes. They were talking about a loss of control of their own lives and a a loss of principles and values. And so I came up with principles and values and I put them down on paper. And I think it was right before I went on the air one day, I looked at those lists and I was trying to come up with a name. And I knew I was, I knew everything that I had written down on the paper had come from a place in my mind of what was it like on the day after 9-11. But I hadn't thought of it as 9-12 yet. It was just the day after 9-11. And I counted, and I had nine principles and 11 values. And I counted them, and I'm like, oh my gosh. If I add one more, it's the day after 9-11. And I don't remember which was the last one that I added but that's when I decided to call it the 912 Project. As the Tea Party continued and demonstrated more substance than simple tax protesting, Glenn's opposition to it disappeared. And both on radio and television, the Glenn Beck programs reflected simultaneous support for the 912 Project and the Tea Party. We talked to Glenn about what he believed was the best thing to come from the 912 Project. I remember 
standing in the lobby of the Fox building, which was this enormous lobby, a full city block. The entire bottom floor is lobby and elevators. And I was standing in the back entrance and I could see all the way, a block, I could see all the way up to the front. And they told me that the Fox servers had gone down because people were sending in their pictures. And I wanted to make some sort of mosaic. And we were concerned if we would get enough pictures for the mosaic. And this was a week into us saying, send us your picture. And I remember somebody saying to me, I said, so do we, are we going to have enough pictures? They said, Glenn, if we stop right now, we could cover this entire wall all the way around the building in pictures. And I realized, holy cow, people are feeling exactly the same way. So there was a palpable, demonstrable sense of oneness of Americans coming together in a common cause and actually taking action. That provided much needed energy to the movement at a time when Americans were feeling alone and defeated. It was around that time that Glenn began forming the idea to try to bring all of these energized, like-minded Americans together for a healing event. A chance to see and be with others who felt the same way, to experience the reality that we surround them. That led to 828, 2010, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial on the Mall in Washington, D.C., just a few steps away from the spot where Martin Luther King Jr. had delivered his riveting I Have a Dream message in 1963. Glenn was asked what was the most memorable aspect of that event or the other events in Israel and Birmingham. I think the most memorable had to be Washington and feeling the calm and the peace and the goodness with half a million people there and Black Panthers marching in and trying to um, get people angry. It was such a feeling of godliness. Uh, it was overwhelming, truly overwhelming. It was an amazing crowd of half a million people from all walks of life and every corner of the nation gathered together with a common purpose. Even as the left-wing media forecast violence, none broke out. At an event with so many people there, it would have been the 35th largest city in America. There were a total of zero arrests. In fact, the event was so peaceful the participants actually left the mall cleaner than when they arrived. Glenn continued with a description of what he felt in Israel. I had, in, in a very different way, the same feeling in Israel. But that, that just felt like a sacred mission. It had felt almost foretold. It was weird. It had never felt anything like that. Glenn has mentioned many times, however, that he was very confused afterward about why the Glenn Beck staff went to Israel, not knowing exactly what was accomplished. I, You know, every single one of them I did because I felt compelled or commanded to. You know, no one believed in 
the Washington rally, everybody told me, Glenn, this is going to be the biggest humiliation of your career. No one is going to show up. Everybody fought me on it so hard. Um, when it came to Israel, I actually had to take my own money and uh, put, I think, 10 people on a plane because the pressure on me was so heavy from God. It was, I kept, every time I closed my eyes, I'd hear, go to Israel and declare. And I didn't even know, declare what? And um, uh, we got on the plane and we were sitting in the airport and John Hagee's uh, right-hand man uh, was with me. I invited him and he was the skeptic, if you will. And everybody who came with me, I selected because they didn't think it could be done. And I was chief among them. And um, I'll never forget, he looked at me at the airport and he said, Glenn, it's too late. You'll never be able to get this done. Nothing's been done like this. It's going to be way too expensive, yada, yada, yada. And I just looked at him and I said, don't tell me because I agree with you. Tell God. And so I really expected something big to happen because we were the first people to speak on the temple mount at the temple stairs where Jesus turned over tables. Uh, we were there, and we were the first Christians to be allowed to speak there since the Romans. And the, per and the permission had to come from the chief rabbi, which everyone told me, including the mayor of Jerusalem, you'll never get it. It's never going to happen. He was called at 11 o'clock at night and heard one question. Glenn Beck wants to do this? in this space can he the the answer i was told by everyone will be no i expected it to be no so i could go home and he said yes tell him yes first time since 70 a.d that same rabbi in a way really contributed to his expectations about the impact of this event glenn explains that i met with that same rabbi the day before and he called me at my hotel and he said I need to meet with you in my office because I want to talk to you about what must be said and I had been praying for weeks on what I had to say every word I toiled and prayed on and I thought if he tells me I have to say something different I, I don't know what's going to happen because I won't say what I don't believe and he started to tell me I went to his office and he started to tell me and I just burst out in tears and I said, Rabbi, we're listening to the same messenger. And I handed him my speech, and it was almost word for word. And so when you have those experiences, you expect something big to happen. And nothing did. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, But looking back on this, Glenn talked about what he learned from it all. Change the course of events. I think we're supposed to change ourselves and I think what remains of us is a remnant. But with that remnant is a seed that our children use to start all over again. A tough question to contemplate. But now here we are at the intersection of Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Did you contribute to Donald Trump winding up as the Republican nominee and leaving America at this juncture? I think we all did. In our own way, not realizing it at the same time. And 
I just read a, a clipping the other day that said, you know, Glenn Beck, you know, he contributed to Donald Trump. I was on the air warning about the rise of the right. Um, I guess in 2010, maybe 11, 12. I don't remember when it was. It's all a blur now. But towards the end, um, I really realized we just we have to worry about the beam in our own eye and forget about his sliver or somebody else's sliver. And I wish I would have figured that one out earlier because nobody would have listened to that message. But if that would have been my message, maybe we would have had a better chance. And now so many Americans are right back at the starting point in 2009, thinking that once again, we don't surround them they surround us. Yet, just as it was seven years ago, it's still true today. If Americans can change themselves, as Glenn said, they will have completed the first step to changing the world. From sea to shining sea. Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This episode of Serial is made possible by Goldline. Read their important risk information and find out if gold or silver is right for you. Call them like I did years ago, 877-370-COIN, or go to goldline.com.